listening to The Dworkin Report. I'm Scott Dworkin. Today on the show, I have labor organizer, rabble rouser, TV host, radio host, podcast host, Rick Smith on the show. He's here to talk about the SCOTUS decision and Janice and talk about what's next for labor unions. I have a really, really great, uh, he's a great guy, great leader within the progressive movement. I really recommend you listen to the interview. Uh, we Again, he's one of my mentors and one of the reasons why I did this podcast in the first place. Um, so can't appreciate his work enough. Uh, here is my interview with Rick Smith. Rick Smith, welcome to the Work Report. How are you? Uh, I'm not so good today. Uh, the Supreme Court news has me uh, simply beyond myself. Yeah, tell me about this because I, I, I want my listeners to be able to understand it, and I think you really grasp grasp it. Can you tell us about what happened today? Well, what happened today is you had five Supreme Court justices who completely went against their ideology of, of believing in states' rights. Uh, this, to me, was a states' rights issue. Uh, they have used the power of the court as a bludgeon over the head of 22 states across this country uh, and saying that they don't have the right to decide if their public sector workers should have a voice on the job, should uh, should be able to, to mandate that uh, you know people who are, are benefiting from union contracts, benefiting from the work the unions do, uh, should have to pay something for it. Uh, the court has decided that those states have no voice whatsoever so no more tenth no more tenth amendment stuff out of this court uh this this just shows me that the, there are a bunch of political hacks and this was pure uh political payback uh to, solely to starve the democratic party of resources but in addition to screw working people and and put the thumb on top of people and and one of the things that gets me is, is you know it's you know, the commonwealth foundation here in pennsylvania sent out an email today uh, the second that uh, the decision was handed down, and in it they were honest. And you got to give you know the crazy right wing uh, state policy network people credit. At least they're honest. Uh, they said now uh, that this has happened, uh, every dollar that would have gone to wages and benefits can now go to public priorities. You know, like like schools and 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 construction and all of this other stuff. So they're already telling you this was really nothing but a huge wage theft moment. This was a way to steal wages and benefits from people who dedicate their lives to helping people of the state working in public service. And they're going to steal what little wages and benefits back so that they can well give it out in tax cuts to millionaires and billionaires. Right now, and it seems like it's a uh, it's kind of the, the it's not divided, but it's divided by party lines right now. They might as well be wearing, you know, red hats on the Supreme Court is what I saw, at least. No, absolutely. I mean, and it goes down as and this isn't the only case. I mean, if this one weren't bad enough, I mean, you go back a couple of weeks to the Epic Systems case that they came out with, which I think every working person in this country should be in the streets over as well, which said, you know what, mandatory arbitration clauses as a condition of employment is perfectly OK. And every worker in this country is subjected here from this point forward to having to have to go to an arbitrator to, you know, to, for wage theft, for, a, for discrimination, for you name the, the violation, they now have to go to a private court. Their constitutional right to seek redress from their judiciary has now been stolen from them by this Supreme Court, which I, I got to be honest, right now we're in this moment where working people had better start getting as angry as I am right now. Right. So what what do you think is next? Is there uh, are people going to show up maybe this weekend at, at the marches or, or what's next for, for labor unions, at least right now? 
Well, I mean, the hope is is that they do take to the streets. The hope is is that uh, they they don't take this as a well. You know, this is just another setback, and you know we'll figure it out, and we we can we can we can weather this storm at some point. I do believe that labor workers in this country have to say the the new era the new deal era of industrial peace is over, and we take back to the streets. We do what like they did in Oklahoma and in, in and what they did in West Virginia and in Kentucky, and you 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 march in the streets, you shut things down, uh, because what they've shown us is they they don't believe in collective bargaining anymore. They don't believe that workers should have a seat at the table. They should be on the menu, but not seated at the table. And this this case is just another one of those. One another one of those cuts of showing we don't care about working people. We don't care about your opinions. Just go to work, do your job, do what we tell you to do. We'll make profit off of you, and that's the end of it. When you get hurt, when you get sick, when you get when you get old, we're just going to discard you and go next. Uh, and this is where we're heading. We're heading back to the good old days of the '80s and '90s, Scott, and not the 1980s and '90s. And you, have you seen a lot of uh, any anybody who voted for Trump that's you know in the labor unions that now has regret because of it? You know, there's there's some people who are going, well, this isn't what we really wanted, but you know, he's doing the things that we thought he was going to do. And he, look, you know, Trump's done done. I would argue a, a smart thing in sticking with the idea of pushing for tariffs and for pushing for trade policies, even if he's boogering it up. And I think he's really effing this whole system up. Where you know, we're not going to be talking about tariffs or or trade deficits for another generation, thanks to him. But those people still see. You know him willing to take on China, willing to take on, uh, you know, people who are are screwing us, or so they see, uh, as as something positive. And they're you know they're at this point you know willing to go. Okay, well that's that's just those public sector workers. You know, you know that's them not. Uh, and to me that's kind of scary. It goes back to the old divide and conquer. You know, I often quote you know the the former rail, the railroad magnate Jay Gould, who said I can easily pay half the working class to kill the other half. We're at one of those moments right now, Scott. No, it's and, and what do you think? You know, besides taking the streets, how do you think that people can take action? Does it involve organizing and voting, or or how does how does that work? November is you know November is the most important. We've talked about this before. This coming election is the most important in our lifetime. The attacks that we've seen in such a short period of time in this administration are unprecedented, in my view. Uh, the attacks on workers, on consumers, on citizens, on our on our basic decency and dignity. Uh, this November is that important that the only way we begin to claw back some of those things is by electing Democrats and progressive Democrats who are going to push back and undo some of this damage. Because, look, Janice can be undone. Uh, this stuff can be undone legislatively. We can go back and repeal Ta- Taft-Hartley. We can go back and push for, for worker-centric uh, policies that are going to encourage collective bargaining. We can go back and we can do a lot of these things. It's just that we have to have the political will and the political push from we the people in the streets. You know, I have this conversation with people who say, you know, FDR and, and those pe- those leaders, they were, they, were, they were great benevolent leaders. And I go, no, they were smart enough to follow the will of the people. And if you're in the streets, if you're demanding, if there are thousands and millions of people calling and emailing and, and writing and marching in the streets demanding we want labor dignity, it's going to happen. But you have to demand it. You have to, you have to stand and stomp in the streets and you have to be loud. And You know, the time for civility, in my view, long, long gone, Scott. And, you know, it, there's obviously ways to protest, and, and I, know, I know you're referring to peaceful protests and things like that, but, but you know, standing your ground and make sure that, that you're heard. Um, in, the, in the time you spent over two decades in, in unions uh, and uh, 
it as a member of labor unions and have you seen an assault on labor unions in, in your lifetime like this my entire lifetime, uh, the assault on labor has happened. Now you go back to, you know, I was a kid in high school, August 1981, Reagan fires the Patco worker, workers. That's the, the shot heard across the boardroom. And from that moment forward, it has been an all-out assault on organized labor, on organized workers, and their ability to fight for better wages, hours, and conditions. At the end of the day, what's happened is an all-out assault by the right-wing moneyed interests through their state policy networks, through the American Legislative Exchange Council, all of these think tanks that they've funded and, and streamed into our consciousness, and also talk radio. I mean, at the end of the day, when... Uh, they, when Rush Limbaugh and the moneyed interest saved AM radio back in the 70s, who were they talking to? They were talking to union members. You know, I remember at the time sitting in lunchrooms, you know, hearing my union brothers and sisters talking about how it would be better if there were no union there, how they'd make more money and have more flexibility and all of the things that they were parroting coming out of, out of people like Limbaugh. The sad reality is, is labor has done not such a great job of talking to their members. Somebody's talking to them, and it's not the unions. It's been these right-wing groups. And it's time for unions to really, and maybe this Janus decision will be a wake-up call, to get out and talk to their members, to organize the organized, to, to build that, that army of, of labor people who have a shared vision of wanting better wages, hours, and conditions. I don't know about you, but most working people have seen their wages stagnant for over 40 years. You know, I tell this story all the time. I started back in the trucking industry in the in the late 80s. I was making 15 bucks an hour with a health care and a pension credit if I got enough hours. Top wage of 1870 an hour back then. Today that exact same job starts 14 bucks an hour, no health care, no pension, $18 an hour top wage. That's not economic gimmickry. That's not any magic of of the economist. That's dollar for dollar, a quarter of a century difference. And yet wages have fallen backwards doing the exact same job. Why? When I, when I started working in the LTL field, 85% of that industry was unionized. Today it's down to 10%. You tell me that bargaining power doesn't matter? It does. And there's a perfect example. Do you think that uh, – what, what do you think is the gripe? Why do Republicans not want to support the worker? They act like they support the worker by, by supporting the corporation. They're like, well, if the corporation gets more money – then they'll they'll be able to hire more workers, and it never works out in tandem like that. It never trickles down or whatever they they call it. Um, why why do you think that Republicans just keep at it? Well, obviously, as you've pointed out, I mean they're the the handmaiden of the the corporate class. Uh, their campaign cash comes from big corporations and the very wealthy. That's who they're beholden to. Uh, in fact, I would argue that you know all of our senators and 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 congressmen from the Republican side should have their little labels like NASCAR does and who owns them. Uh, and, and, and look, a number of Democrats as well. Um, I, it comes back down to basic greed. Uh, it's more for the CEO class, the investor class, and less for the toiling class. You know, those of us who punch a clock, who work for a living, you're working longer and harder, more hours, less pay. Uh, your benefits are going away. Health care is crummy. The, the defined benefit pension plan that I remember starting out is completely eviscerated. And what they give us? These crummy 401ks that have basically are just an empty shell. And how'd that happen? Because they convinced us by being in our ear and on our mind all the time that their way was better. Uh, well, looking back over 40 years, uh, their way was a complete and total ripoff, and the working class of this country got screwed over because of it. And you've been speaking out, obviously, for years 
Um, what are you up to now in regards to, can you tell people about your show and, and, and everything you're doing right now? Well, we're focusing on these issues as we have been. I've been screaming about our trade deficits for years. I've been screaming about uh, the reality that the uh, the political class in this country is all out to destroy workers' voices uh, and, and more importantly, to destroy unions. Uh, because one thing that, that unions do really, really well is they empower workers. They give people the sense that they can change things, that their voice matters. And, and if, you're, you're, if you're in the political class, especially you're, you're one of the Republicans and, and especially their donors, you don't want empowered workers. You don't want people who know that they're getting screwed. You don't want people who are going to stand up and say no. You want people who are docile. You want people who are going to go, oh, I'm just happy to have a job, Scott. Uh, and, you know, I've been pointing out those things. Look, uh, in this country, I grew up believing that if you worked hard and you played by the rules, you got ahead. I believe we need to go back to that. We need to fight for those policies to make sure that families can keep a roof over their head, food on the table, clothes on the kid's back, and have some basic dignity on the job. I think by today's decision, what we've seen from this Supreme Court is they don't believe in any of that. They believe in pure power, pure, unadulterated power being handed to the very few at the expense of the rest of us. Maybe you should run. You, you sound like uh, you sound like the perfect kind of candidate, uh, and that's not meant to be off- offensive towards you. Um, but it, it really it seems like we need a lot more. Uh, folks from labor unions and with labor union experience to run for Congress and then also for local offices because uh, it seems like their voice is not being heard at all. Well, I mean, and that's that's part of the that's part of the big problem. And and I would love to run for office. Uh, it's one of those moments where and th- that may happen in the future. Uh, you know, there may be you know there may be a point in the future where I run, but doing what I do for a living, where my passion is, and in, in doing radio and doing our TV program, I can't run for public office without giving it up. Um, which I, if I, if I could have kept doing the show that I do, I would have run this this last term because this is one of those moments in history that there's engagement. There's there's people finally who've lifted their head and they're finally willing to get off the couch and say, you know what, things have got to change. And I hope we take that passion and that understanding. We use the fury from this decision, the epic system, the masterpiece cake shop decision from all of these Supreme Court. Uh, decisions that are changing the fabric of who we are. And I hope we use this as fuel to energize us to get out in November and to put actual progressive politicians. I don't care. Democrat, Republican, independent, Martian. I don't care. I want people who are going to fight for workers, who are going to make sure that if you work hard, you play by the rules that you actually do get ahead. And we push for family, family focused policies instead of this nonsense of we believe in family values, but we're going to cut food stamps. We're going to cut chip programs. We're going to cut after school programs. We're going to cut education. We're going to cut, cut, cut so we can give more to the to the to the big corporations and the wealthy. It's nuts to me, Scott. And at some point, we've got to we've got to stand up, step forward and shout it out that it is nuts. Amen. (laughs) That that is that's exactly the fire that we need right now in the party. Uh, And it's definitely leadership that we need. Uh, You know, how can people tune in to your radio show and then also the same with your TV show? Uh, we're on 10 stations across Pennsylvania and New York State, uh, but the best place to go is the ricksmithshow.com, or you can get the app on your smartphone. Uh, just look, you go to the, the iTunes or uh, Google Play and look for The Rick Smith Show. It's right there. We podcast with all of the major podcast holders, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, um, and you know it's, it, it's always available. YouTube as well. Our TV shows on Free Speech TV uh, in 40 million homes across the U.S., uh, check your, your your cable provider. Check Direct TV, Dish Network, 
Um, we're there Saturday night, 7 p.m. Uh, we do an 8 o'clock overtime where people can call in and, and talk with us and participate. Uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic stuff, uh, and there's always plenty of opportunity to talk to, to us and to get message. Uh, you can email me, rick at the ricksmithshow.com. I do answer all emails personally and, and love the, the conversation and, and love to hear people's stories. Rick Smith, everybody. Can't thank him enough for uh, everything that he's doing and all the uh, guidance and, and help uh, he's provided for progressive movements over the years. He really is one of the, the stronger forces and, and obviously one of the more outspoken leaders in the progressive movement. Uh, we need more people like him. You can look at uh, everything he's up to on ricksmithshow.com. And then uh, thank you again for listening to the Dworkin Report. Our website is dworkinreport.com. We're turning it into a news aggregator website. I want to thank Grant Stern, for uh, my producer, for putting that all together and uh, for all his hard work. Can't thank him enough. Thank you again for listening. Onward!